That's fine. Hello. We on? Yeah, we're on. We're oh, recording. Sick. Hey guys, it's episode 29 today. We're almost at a milestone of 30 episodes, in case you can't tell. Uh, Paulie and I... <laughs> in case you can't count. Yeah. <laughs> let us clear that up for you. It's just the two of us today. T's not here. Uh, Paulie and I are going to be chatting about... We're actually going to have a bit of a catch up about our training and our nutrition and just where we're at with things... A bit of a um, a bit of a, an insight into how a couple of struggling gym owners go about their training. I think there's a lot of a lot of good stuff in this for the people. Uh, but before we get into that, if you want to find us, junglebrothers.com is the place. You can get in touch with us via the uh, contact form there. You can also go to our YouTube channel, Jungle Brothers Strength and Movement. You can go to our Instagram, Jungle Brothers Movement. The Instagram's um, popping. Yeah, it's popping, man. There's heaps of little technique videos and highlights and shit going on there, mad little lifestyle tips, so get on it uh, and listen to our other episodes, and if you like it, tell everyone about it because um, that helps us survive. But uh, yeah, man, it's good to sit down with you, Paulie. How you doing? I'm fine, thanks, Joe. That's good. I'm, I'm happy to be here too, just you and me. It's been a long time since we've caught up. It has. It has. <laughs> now we're doing it. Many, many we're years. Reco- we're recording. People may not know that Paul and I kind of grew up together. Uh, we've known each other since we were 10. We're 10? We were in primary school. Thereabouts. Yeah, we're pretty young, man. We've got photos of it and shit. We used to skate together. Your older brother and my older cousin, who were best mates at high school, introduced us. Ben and Moses. Or Moses and Ben, respectively. Um, Those were good days. Yeah, they were good days, right? Uh, table tennis in the attic, sweltering hot. That, that, that. Boxing bag used to hang up there. I'm pretty sure it was Abe's. Yeah, that boxing brother. bag in the middle of the yeah. The, fuck, it was so hot up. There was in like sweltering. Yeah, it was meant to be an, an upstairs, but it was basically just a ceiling cavity mm. that we turned into a games room. It was called the games room, wasn't it? Yeah. We had the yeah. speedball. It was a shit speedball though. We had a speedball in there. It was all Abe. Abe was, board. Abe was so into martial arts then. He was. Yeah. yeah. He was doing trolley fun. He was. And something else. Um, he started with Charlie Fight and then Charlie Fight and comic books. And then he moved into uh, many years down the track. He moved into Jao Ga. Jao Ga. I think that was the one that he probably pursued, you know, with a little bit more consistency as a uh, as a more grown man. So I'm just trying to deal with the mic. It's failing on you that arm. Yeah, it's not right. You know what it is? It's not righty tighty. Lefty loosey. Lefty loosey. Yeah. For people that don't know, that's film industry talk, and uh, that's where we started. Before we got into gyms, Paul T and I were in the together. We've got some terminology and we've got some reading skills. But uh, man, tell me, um, let's catch up. Where's your, where's your training at? You've been uh, you've been venturing off-site to do a bit of a bit of extra tie boxing lately. Yes, um, that's a pretty recent thing. Last month and a half, um, I'm just heading over to Banksia. It's kind of Rockdale, Banksia, to Sichuan. Pretty sure that's how you say it, and it's a Muay Thai gym um, run by some really nice dudes there. Um, and yeah, I've just been going once a week. It's it's tough. Like, well, I guess we're going straight into this fucking the, the dispelling the myth of how often gym owners can train. We're, it's People hard. Think we train it, all the fucking time. Yeah, it, it's hard to fit it in the schedule, and especially where you want, when you want to get training somewhere else. All their sessions are when our sessions are. Mm-hmm. So we're either coaching or it's those peak hours and the AM and PM where we're coaching our classes or training our PTs when people are available. And that's when their classes are on. So I'm, I, I go to a lunchtime class. And I think that's what you do for JITS. Like you, you got to do it 
do what you can. So we're going to one one lunchtime class across there during the week, and it's been super fun. Really enjoying it. Um, How many people in the class? Uh, it's been building. Um, I think it, when I started, it was kind of the coldest part of winter, and there was like average of say six, and now the average is probably ten at the moment. Yeah, but um, it's it's perfect. Like I, I don't need that huge gym with heaps of energy going for me to get a good workout out. Um, and you get a bit of extra tension and stuff. And yeah, there's, there's a few more people drifting in. I think it'll get busier as it gets warmer. Is busier better for that because you have more uh, sparring partners and drilling partners? That is true. That is true. Yeah. The busier, yeah, you get that variety. And, um, at some point when I'm, when I'm focusing it just, just pure, capacity or, or just power and I really want to bite down and I guess the extra energy will help I'll end up drifting to some night classes and stuff when I can for sure and I'll feed off that and just uh, get my get my animal on um, yeah it's been good the night classes are often where it's at for fight gym time Yes, lots I of people. Say, yeah, lots of people. Yeah, lots of heads. All the the fighters, people who are training for fights, like all their classes are kind of around then. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just got yeah, you just got that that fire going on in the gym. A few things going on in all the different corners. People in the ring, sparring, um, grappling, clinching, yada yada. That's cool. Yeah, well, we we actually just had a young fighter to join our gym this week. Khan who's an old training partner of mine from when I was a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, like years, was that like uh, seven years ago? He trained, uh, we trained at Bondi and uh, he was just a kid then. He's still just a kid, he's 26 now. Is he, I met so, him this morning briefly. Yeah, he's, he's really nice. He's a dude, right? Yeah. Uh, was that at the dojo? Yeah, it was at the dojo. And uh, he was a little savage then, famous bruiser, jumped the other team, uh, which he probably moved a couple of times. He, yeah, he's now 26, he's had a few pro MMA fights <clears throat> and he's living that life just trying to, I don't think he's really working much, he's just trying to, he's, he's just trying to fight and get real good. Yeah, and he's got fights coming up and he's like, he came down here, he's like, man, I'm around the corner, I just want to get fucking fit and whatever, like, what, what do you reckon? And so he started off in the class, he's doing good. He's really fit. <laughs> That's one thing I've noticed, like, already, like, we outputting through a pretty tough S and M session yesterday. It was a short one, but it was intense. Yeah, and he just like smashed it, it and, and no sweat. It was like, is that all? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Yeah, we're gonna need to come up with some extra stuff for this kid. Yeah. Okay. Um, he lives around the corner. Yeah, he's local. Okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny. I hadn't seen him for a long time, and I'm like, oh, you're, you know, you're all grown up now. He's like, yeah, but I'm 26, and I was like, fuck, I thought you'd be older. Damn, I feel old. <laughs> you keep aging as they keep aging. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, so I'm going there once a week, uh, and then I'm on Thursdays. We're sparring here as well once a week, and that's kind of satisfying that part of my training, which is kind of um, where my focus is at. If I was to, if I was to, yeah, to, to pick the one thing that's driving all the rest, it's the striking at the moment, um, and and then the grappling would come second, even though I'm only serving that really it's it's just like a token one session a week right but but the intentions the intentions there to get better yeah um so yeah it's it's just that thing um scheduling and you know um i'm also aware of like how many times like how many sessions 
I can train in a week. And I just did a bit of an audit yesterday and it's funny we're having this podcast. I just kind of wrote myself a, a new program with some, you know, just refining what's important and what I need. And, um, um, yeah, it's, I, I'm aware that, uh, f- something like fighting, uh, or like a, a sport or anything, uh, you can put all your time into that. You really can. Cause there's so much knowledge to soak up. Yeah. So much knowledge to soak infinite. up. Infinite. And it's fun as well. And you're drawn to it and you can get fit, but you, you really, I, I see the need for balance there because I need to look after the machine and I, I can already feel like as the volume of training goes up with the sparring, there's other bits and pieces that need taking care of that you put to the side and you're like, oh, I'm feeling pretty good. They eventually rear their heads again. Um, so what I'm trying to shape with my program is letting the, the goal of you know, improving on the fighting um, yeah, direct where the other parts of the mechanics of my body that I need to look Talking after. Talking about strength and mobility. Strength and mobility. What yeah. do you? What's the most important? Like, what do you? What do you work? What do you notice? Um, hip mobility. Yeah. And when I say hip mobility, it's stability and mobility. It's a stability and flexibility. So, right. yeah, like you throw your legs around. You you know you're wrapping people up or you're clinching and you're kneeing. Um, there's a lot of shit going on in that hip, and. After a session, you know, or after a few weeks of not taking care of it specifically, it'll just start to get a little tight on one side, you know, and it starts to just creep up the lower back just a little bit. Like, okay, I need to look after this. And, you know, stretching and stuff, it's fine, but I think I, I, I'm trying to get ahead of the ball. Yeah. Which is, you know, what you want and take care of that in a more organized fashion. Yeah, okay. So the thing I noticed the most is that, that hip and also, yeah, just the shoulders. Proactive as opposed to reactive. Proactive as reactive, exactly. So um, I'm just fashioning that out now. Yeah, hips take a fucking pounding in any kind of fight work, don't they? Like sure. any, anyone that throws a lot of kicks gets really like super developed hip flexors yeah. from just all of that hip flexion every time they throw the kick. Yeah. And that is great. You're really good at throwing kicks, but you pay a price because your hip flexors get big and ropey and tight and... Mm. And that tends to pull things out of weight. Jiu-jitsu people are exactly the same. It comes about from a different different way. It's from grappling, but playing guard and even just the act of grappling, you tend to flex your hip more. Mm. So you're spending a lot of time in a flexed hip position and the same thing happens. Your flexes get really overdeveloped mm. and that causes lower back issues and, and all sorts of things downstream to, to screw up as a result of that. And yeah, I mean, I recommend that one hip flexor stretch, that wall lunge that we do for like, Everyone I train jits with, I'm like, if you just do one thing, do this thing. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, it's funny because you can easily just ignore it and keep going to fight class, right? That's right. And then 10 years down the track, you're like, got the tight hips and bad lower back. and It's kind of hard to undo at that point. Yeah. I think you're on a good thing. Yeah, and uh, I was just mentioned it to T last night. Like, when I look at our gym, um, I'm, like, so grateful for what we have because – and, and, you know, I think of, like, the, the regular the regular flow jo- Joe that's, you know, working or a dad and loves fighting, for instance. And he can only train three times a week doing whatever, three hours, one-hour sessions towards his health and fitness in general, and he loves fighting. So he's going to put three hours of fighting in. He goes there, he rushes in, boom, he gets it done, he goes home and he's back home, and, and that, that's it. Yeah. And out of all, all of his health and fitness, he's just 
purely focusing on performance only, yeah. and there's no time aside for um, for maintenance or for strength and mobility work. You know, and I think oh, such a common story, but such an easy trap to fall into, especially with this infinite um, this infinite craft that you can study. It's so interesting. So um, I'm glad that we have a gym here that has. Um, a bit more focus and a bit more of a culture around looking after the body that lets you enjoy those pleasures. Yeah. And I have that. And I met, you know, a couple of guys already uh, where I'm training and they're aware of our gym and they're kind of like, um, oh, what do you guys do then? They're like, yeah, you know, everyone's carrying something. But they're like, yeah, you know what, I need to, I need to stop and look at it. Um, you know, and I said, I'll come over, I'll give you a free screen and we can talk about, you know, what you can do. And just give them a few tools. I mean, that's what you're doing at Bulletproof, right? Yeah, That's exactly pretty much that. it. Yeah. Bulletproof is exactly that. It's the same same story, eh? Yeah, it's totally the same story. And it's trying to uh, it's trying to to educate people about that idea of like you you're playing a sport, essentially, right? Like this thing you really like, it's your sport. And you know, whether that's jujitsu or Thai boxing or rock climbing or golf, that pastime that keeps you fit and active that you're really into is a sport. And that means it's organized and it's, it's based around a certain outcome of performance. It's not based around what's best for your body, right? It just also yeah. happens to carry side effects of keeping you fit and making you sweat and feeling good and, and all those things. Um, so as you get older, you have an obligation to, to do a little bit of work in order to be able to maintain the practice of your sport. And I think people are really, people, we're conditioned to think that just playing the sport is enough. I get out and, you know, I play golf once a week and then, um, you know, I play squash a couple times a week or whatever. And it's like, look, that's great. But, and then you take your fucking ACL and you blame the sport. It wasn't really the sport. It was the fact that you just kept doing that thing and you never did any mobility work around your hips or you never worked on strength. Yeah, your squatting position. You just, you know, and so I think that's what, that is exactly what Bulletproof is. It's like, hey, I know you want to do jujitsu and that's your passion but you're not going to be able to do it forever without copying some big injuries. Uh, so why don't we just invest, you know, 10 or 15% of your weekly time now, training time, towards something that's going to allow you to be able to practice this forever. And some people are like totally around that and then some people are like, nah, fuck that. I'm just going to keep training jits and get my knee reconstructed every year. And it's like, that's fair enough, right? Like, if you make that decision, it's fine. But um, mm, yeah, that's that's the deal, right? You want to you play the sport, you got to do a little bit of work. You gotta earn that. So true. And you get away with it in your twenties, and then you get to your thirties, and <clears throat> it just gets harder and harder. And those accumulated mobility issues and accumulated uh, instability issues start to rear their head, and then they become chronic issues. And then you know you got a fucking frozen shoulder or some other thing that seems to be plaguing uh, middle-aged humans. Yeah, it's funny. Like going to, to that gym and, and and just seeing people in general playing sport. Um, these days, like knowing what I know now about the body now that I'm, I'm, I'm studying it and working as a coach and stuff, it's really hard for me to, to watch some people um, just moving, knowing what I know. Yeah. Like they completely have the permission to do and I'm not there to tell them otherwise. Like you can't enjoy yourself and do that. But I'm looking at, at thinking, man, that price is coming, that bill that you're racking up is going to hit you. And I'm just, I'm just looking at, you know, movement in the shoulders, just grinding away or the hips and, you know, I can't help but kind of cringe a little, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, man. And, you know, I'll say something subtle here to friends and stuff like that, but 
I, I think, man, I came to this realization a few years back that, like, like we grew up playing soccer, right? You and I. Mm. Uh, oh, well, you played more rugby. You got into soccer a little bit later. Yep. Um, yep. I, yeah, I played it forever. And it just, you know, at the time it was mad. And then we played all age when we were, what, like 20, 21? Yeah, like about that. 22, maybe. Maybe. And uh, how many fucking injuries were there? Especially the guys we were playing with were almost 30 and up. They yep. were just suffering from fucking... We had an older team in that comp. We did have not, and a lot of them had been high-level players, so they came from a very competitive league in their 20s, and they had some, some very, uh, yeah, some typical injuries, right? Recurring ankle problems and knee problems and stuff, but... Um, <clears throat> just tape it up. I just, yeah, just fucking get out there and go hard for 30 minutes, and then once you snipe it from the, from the grandstand, <laughs> get carried off and recover for next week, uh, bring on another broken human. But the... But I, I realized, I was like, fuck, soccer is a killer. Like, soccer is actually a killer. Like, I've, you know, of all the people that have come through our gym, like, yeah, I play, you know, I play like a seven aside or we kick around on the weekends. Like, man, something's going to happen. Like, and, and I try not to say because I don't want to be such a pessimist, but yeah. something fucking happens every time. I'm like, ball sports are a real motherfucker when it comes to dudes in their 30s. So true. That's yeah, so man. true. Like, I, I, I'm the same. You know Clint, who we had on last week? Mm. I remember when I was doing some work with him at Randwick Rugby Club, we were standing, I, I, was help, I was doing a bit of wrestling coaching for them, and I was hanging out with Clint after a session, and we were watching the, the team's train, and there's like, there's like four or five different grades, uh, two or three different grades, and then there's like two or three teams within each grade. So there's like a fucking lot of men running around these these two pitches on a whenever it was a Wednesday night or something and um, Clint was saying mate I can't even he can't watch the games anymore he used to watch the games on telly he said I can't he said I, I can't I just I fill up with anxiety yeah. over all of the mechanical inefficiencies I see oh, man. and all of this injury potential oh, and he's wow. like it fucking it boils me up and I get wow. so irritated yeah. so yeah he said he had to stop watching wow that's crazy and that's, I guess that's what happens once you're in that field for long enough I guess when my kids get older and they end up playing sport, I might feel the same. Yeah. Depending on how I rear them, how I train those little weapons. Um, but it's so true. You do your job right. I do my job <laughs> right. I'm the last person they'll listen yeah, to. I like ice skating. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah, watching NRL always gets me like, Fuck. and I hardly ever watch, but when I do, doesn't take 10 minutes before someone's coming off and then all of a sudden three people four people have come off in the first half and it's the same in the second I start doing the math and you're going holy moly so a whole bunch of people getting injured every week man I watched I watched all season the, the second half of the Origin game on Wednesday yeah it, it boggles my mind how fucking how much trauma these guys absorb you know in their bodies in a game it's like multiple dudes in a tackle fucking trying to hit you in the weak spots, coming in at the side of the <laughs> knee. One, it's great, two, three, isn't your it? legs wrapped up, another guy's reefing on your neck. How good is it? Someone comes in and cleans it up in midsection. Like, yeah, it's great. It's yeah. wonderful. Um, but it, 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 I can't, you know, like we know, we're aware as coaches how robust people are, Yeah. but also how delicate they can be. <clears throat> I wonder like as well, is it an over 30 thing as well? Because like here's a way of thinking about it. When you're young, you don't think about that shit, obviously. Mm. And then when you look at older people, they see the simplest tasks as really dangerous. And, you know, um, I might, the, the kids will be balancing on a, on a wall that's about a foot high, you know, and, you know, Katie might be like, 
oh my god, be careful, you know, because because her always mum in law. That's right. Like her her body knows and her nervous system knows that if she falls from that height, it's of danger to her because she could seriously hurt a hip or something like that. So she transfers that concern across to to the to the youth, and I'm like, they're fine. They bounce back up and do a backflip and then land on their hands, you know. Yeah. And so then. You know what I mean? So, so once we cross that threshold to a time where we're, we've had a few injuries and where, you know, we, we have to think about it a bit more, maybe we perceive the game as more dangerous as we used Because I never used to think about that when you watch it. No, you didn't. Right? I mean, we're wiser. So it's kind of like that ignorance is bliss thing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you know, and I think that, yeah, most of these players, I guess, are in their 20s. So they get away with a lot of shit. Mm. Um, and, you know, that's, that's what they do, right? It's all they do. They've got a team of people that's designed to help keep them in the game and yep. fix them up, strap them up, get them back out there, give them whatever medication is necessary. Um, but still, you know, it's still, it's still like you see those catastrophic joint injuries. Someone, you know, there's that basketball one, that player in the playoffs or whatever the other day, uh, snapped oh. his Achilles. Did he? Yeah, it was, oh, it was a, a famous basketballer, a really well-known one. Yeah. You could see the slow motion, the slow motion, you can see the moment, like he steps really? and and his calf just get his calf like kind of goes um, kind of like quivers and then like goes limp and it's the Achilles snapping. I can't believe you didn't send that to me. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, yeah, yeah, who cares? I have never, to say that. Never jeez me up. But it, um, it, I snapped my Achilles almost a year ago to the date. Actually, I need to look that up. Wow, well, really? Because it was these school holidays last year. FYI, in case you haven't been on this podcast before. How's it going, man? It's great. The recovery's yeah, good. It's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. It's um, insane that it was a year ago and you're back to doing... There's nothing you're not doing, right? No. I'm not running up walls again. Yeah. <laughs> but I would. You know, I would run up a wall, but I'd be... I'd definitely be... Um, yeah, I'd be cautious about doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not, not doing anything kind of different at the moment. Yeah, I thought that I'd be a lot further back than I am now. And right. it's been good for some time now. It's not as strong as the other side or as strong as it was, so it's still recovering, but I'm I'm, I'm still doing all sorts of jobs. I'm still head-kicking people now. Yeah, nice. <laughs> you're doing plyometric stuff, you're squatting, yep. lifting. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, 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 I was surprised about the uh, just the apprehension factor. I thought that I'd be way more apprehensive to land on say thin like a, a rail or something like that when jumping yeah um i thought i'd be i thought that that fear would would echo for a lot longer um and it just it's just not so it's really surprised me wow um, I, yeah so I'm, I'm really happy because i thought that i would come back to um like you know uh, back to normal physically but i'd 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 be fearful to jump on things and, and do things and that was emotionally scarred by yeah it. and that was my that was my main concern that was the thing that I was thinking about the most. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Did you see a Ninja Warrior now? They've got the new warped wall. The even high one that goes up to it. I think it has a slight overhang. I haven't seen. They always had little overhangs. Do they? Yeah. Uh, so so sure. yeah. they've got a new one and I think they've lined it up next to the original one and it's just, it's higher and more extreme. Okay. It's fucked. I know everyone keeps, every client, or someone I see in the gym is saying, have you watching Ninja Warrior? So I know it started like last week or something, yeah? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a couple of friends who are doing it this year. Oh, yeah. Shout out Mike Snow, buddy from Melbourne. He's, okay. uh, he did well last year, he got into the finals. Yeah. He's a uh, he's a ranger and he's a, he's a, he's a jack ranger 
and he's a stuntman, acrobatic fucking legend. Um, so if you see him, uh, cheer him on or whatever from the lounge room. <laughs> yeah, him and then another mate, Aurelien, who's a French guy, who's a judo black belt and just a fucking beast of a human. He's in it again this year. I don't, I don't know. He did, uh, he did all right last year. It might have just been because he's got such an immense physique that he just got featured in a lot of the marketing. I don't know if he got to the finals or whatever. Yeah. But he's a, he's a bit of a savage too. And all these guys have all been training specifically for it now. Yeah, wow. That first year was like, whether it was last year or the year before, they were just like, oh, I'll have a crap. And then yeah. the ones that were like actually pretty good at it were like, oh, shit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to train for this. Yeah. So they've been putting time in. It'd be cool to see how they've developed. It's cool. Yeah, man. Um, tell me about, uh, so tell me about your training load. So you got... You got your one weekly class with the gang over at Banksia, and then you got your sparring in here with the class on a Thursday. Yep. Um, what's the rest of your training load like? Strength and strength work and stuff. How much are you doing? Um, not a great deal at the moment. Um, I'm lifting once a week, and that's literally deadlift, squat, RDLs. Yep. Nothing wrong <clears> with that. And and then I I was doing handstands once a week and push-pull once a week, which I just got caught in this kind of maintenance idea and we know that's BS, which is why I'm kind of reshaping everything now. I'm, I'm trying to do too many things at once. Maintenance of what? All the patterns. That works. Works all right? I think maintenance in that regard is, a, is yeah, totally. You're maintaining a strength or a skill. Yeah. The one that we that I tend to rip apart is when people are trying to maintain, maintain a physique. Okay. Like, I just want to maintain what I have, mm. and they're talking about the aesthetic. Okay. But yeah, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I so it kind of took a little bit of a, 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 a stutter the week before last when I had that knee injury. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. The, the mis- mystical knee injury just came and went. We all thought it was bullshit, but it turns out he had stuff. We don't know for sure, but I'm like 80% yeah, sure it was stuff. But it, it mobilized my knee for about 10 days. So since then, I haven't been on the bar. So I kind of like just lost connection to that. Well, I couldn't, I couldn't hardly walk. Um, so I just lost connection there. And two weeks later, I'm here going, well, what the hell am I doing right now? Mm. And that's how I got to sitting down yesterday to audit what I'm doing and try and re- connect myself to the goal and then make everything make sense given my schedule. And the schedule's unfortunately a very important factor when making a program for someone, but you know, we've got to make it realistic. What are you saying? You've got a busy schedule? It's pretty busy, yeah. Yeah. What's your day look like? Like I know they're all different, but yeah. what does a day look like? Um, well, currently I I have my, my wife who's at uni, Tash. And she's at uni a couple of days a week studying. So I, uh, I have the kid drop off type thing on two days in the morning. So my, my days and with the coaching here, um, it's very – some mornings are late starts and some are early starts with early finishes and late starts with late finishes. So I guess I'm trying to say the week is very – it goes up and down time-wise and I, I don't have that convenience of always being on the same clock throughout seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, it's influenced by you know clients and meetings that we have here and stuff, and training fits in between all that. Yeah. Um, and then you have the few things that anchor your training down to specific times, like classes over at lunchtime, 
um, Situthon and then Spirings at a certain You're time. Which reads that fucking title. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> man. I mean, I'll get it soon. Um, and so then all the other stuff, which is my stuff, has to fall in between those periods. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's kind of scattered across the, across the week. And then I do jits on Saturdays. But so on a day, what, you, 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 coach, you coach class in the morning? Yes. You know, on, a, on the day you're doing that, you coach three classes? Yep. And then what, smash some brekkie in between there somewhere? Yep. Try to train in the first half of the day. Right, before lunchtime. Kind before of lunchtime, yeah, um, just to get that good start yep. and get it out of the way. Um, you know, winter's been a little bit of a thing, so sometimes it gets pushed to the afternoon. Um, yeah, so so that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you, man. It's, uh, the days are busy, and it's hard. Those, having a class or something to go to is, is nice for, uh, for just accountability, just to know that that thing happens at that time, and I've got to be there. Yeah, it just makes you pull the pin and just go do it. Sure does. There was a cool, um, there was a podcast I used to listen to called Barbell Shrug, which was really good. Back I like in the that day. one. Yeah, you remember it? There was a Mike Bledslow. Yeah. Oh. Ledzo. Ledzo. Yeah, he's a funny guy. All of them. But uh, they had a little thing they kicked off for a while, which was... They're a lot more candid than we are. It was drop everything and train. <laughs> it was a hashtag. It was D... D and then three, the, the number, yeah. and then the little at of a little and sign, yeah, and then T. It was D. Drop everything and train. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. I really liked it, um, and it was it was great. And I was like at the time it was less relevant, but now I'm like, yeah, I get it. You've got a fucking million things to do, shit that needs doing. You haven't trained that day. You, you're coaching in sixty minutes. You know, you, you coach that morning, it's like you're behind on tasks and it's like yep. if you either go train now or you don't, but you're still going to have heaps of shit to do even if you do work. Like, that's a given. There's always heaps of shit to do. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel that. That's a better sometimes still. Yeah, totally. Bit of a bit of a struggle sometimes, yeah. You're balancing those needs. Yeah, man. The things that you got to take care of in the day. And sometimes one of those things is a little louder, gets a little louder than, than the training need. Yes. And you let it take over. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to skip this session because I've got to get this thing done. Yeah, if I get this thing done, I'm good. I'll feel really clear-headed. Yeah. And then there's fucking something else that comes up. Mm. It's true, man. Um, but I find a thing, that, a little myth that people think is that if you own a gym is that you, you coach classes and then the rest of the time you just train. They're like, oh man, it's so cool. You just have like Ba-ba. what the day to just train and stuff. Ba-ba. Yeah, and you're like, dude, like the train, the coaching part is the easy bit. Like when I'm here with you guys, <laughs> running you through this awesome session that we've designed, like this is really cool. And uh, you know, I'm more you just get to be face to face. Yeah, and I've only got to do this one task and, and deliver a thing to you guys and make sure you do it well. The other times is like, fuck, you're doing the emails, you're doing the training at the gym, you're ordering equipment, you're trying to market the business. You're trying to contact new members. You're trying to send out a newsletter, like all these little things that that really accumulate to fill up all the gaps. You're trying to get the podcast uploaded, but the internet's fucking out on you. Like, Ugh. there's so many little tasks, right? Mm. Um, and it's not to complain, but it is. It, it does always. It's like a little, uh, I don't know, like a little hot skewer in the heart, and someone's like, "You just train all day, right?" <laughs> yeah, like, motherfucker. Yeah. I know my Instagram says that, but that's not actually what's happening. <laughs> right? 
It's just I don't want to post pictures of all paperwork and emails. Hey, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should. Yeah. Tell them that real shit. I posted a photo one a little while ago of me holding a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> that was the one time you vacuumed. <laughs> Fuck you. We got cleaners, man. You give yourself the vacuum. I don't have to vacuum out. anymore. But sometimes on a windy day, I might put that thing on my back, go for a clean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so out of all the things that you do, or tell us more about the other things. The other that, things outside? Yeah, the stuff upstairs here and stuff. At, yeah, yeah. you said not to complain, but what's what? what I don't know. Well, what's well, what's, what's okay. your least favorite thing if we want to just focus on the negative for just one second? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I guess my – I I really like um, – I really like anything that is that is furthering the evolution of our business. The value creation. The value creation. Yeah, creating of value. <clears throat> so I like I – like, um, I like making videos, editing videos about stuff we do in the gym. I like – speaking with members and say recording a testimonial. I like writing a blog post. I like designing seminars. Like we did a tribe seminar earlier this year. I really like enjoy I enjoyed designing that and then delivering it. Um, I like podcasting. All of those things that are furthering us as a business and move and, and developing the business. Uh, the things I don't like are the more day-to-day tasks, such as responding to emails, you know about things that are seemingly important. Someone wants to put their membership on hold. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah, it's got to be dealt with. Um, obviously, I try not to do it, but it, it, it you know it creeps in that. Um, or we have like a situation where um, uh, you know we've written a program, but something has to change, so we've got to update the program on the system on modify yep. Yep. something like that. Or the vacuum cleaner breaks down, we've got to get in touch with the cleaning warehouse and book in a service. Like just little things like that. You're like, all right, this stuff needs to happen. But the more time I spend on this, the less time I can spend on building awesome things that makes everyone's experience in this in this house better. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's you know it's funny, right? Because people people probably don't. You know, I've had members and stuff say to me in the past, like, "Oh, you know, I don't no, I don't listen to podcasts, or I don't I don't go to retreats, so I don't really care if you guys run retreats and stuff." Almost insinuating like. You don't need to do that for me, kind of thing. Mm. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's not all for you, man. Like, as a as a person who's on building this this is a project, I need those things. Like, I need development, mm. so I want to run a retreat. I want to record a podcast because I've, I've got more to offer in this world than just coaching you at five fifteen on how to do a pull up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and I think that that's and it's like, oh, right, we've got this really nice place that people can come to and train and all that stuff and. And I love that, but it has to continue evolving. If it doesn't continue evolving, why don't we do the same thing in 10 years? Fuck that. We always said that was it. We said, yeah. we, said we, we have, yeah, if we don't continue to evolve, then we don't do it. Yeah, it's like, fuck that. Um, it would be like <clears throat> taking a corporate job and then never progressing up the ladder and just fucking filing papers on insurance claims to the same, same department forever, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah so there's that definitely so all those kind of repetitive things and I'm like you know what someone else could be doing this I could be doing something cooler mm. that makes the experience cooler for everyone else yeah I wouldn't go any further into it because it'd bore the shit out of it <laughs> yeah fair enough put a screenshot of my inbox up <laughs> what has been cool though is we uh, recently we did we touched on before the Bulletproof program we launched that uh, a week ago which is sick 
that's uh, JT, who was on the podcast, I think, like episode 20 or something like that. Mm. Buddy of mine, James Tenacity Tomlinson from Melbourne. He's a jiu-jitsu guy as well. Shout out. Yeah, shout out, homie. Uh, we launched our Bulletproof for BJJ online program, which is really cool. And that's just, you know, where we said before, where we want to we want to educate jiu-jitsu hobbyists and athletes on what the best practices are around them building a body that is strong and mobile and injury-proof and then giving them a program to follow that will that will do that for them. And that's like, yeah, that's like a really cool evolution of our career as coaches, but also jujitsu practitioners. And like, oh, this is something we can give to the, we can we can provide for the community. I say, I don't say give because you got to pay for it. <laughs> um, let's be clear. Damn straight. But um, it's something that we can provide for them. It's like, hey, this is actually legitimately fucking awesome and you should get around it. You know, and I have conversations with jujitsu people all the time. Oh, what do you think I should do? And I'm like, Fuck. Now you have an answer. Now I can go, yeah. here's, the, here's the website, go yeah. to it, and it'll take care of itself. That's so cool. Yeah, it is cool. So can you tell us what, what's in the program or how it works? Like it's, it's online coaching? No, it's, uh, it's an automated online program. You yep. would start it at week, you'd start at the beginning, and mm. it's like six to, six to eight-week cycles. Mm. And it, it, you know, it's, a, it's a generalized program that everyone would follow. So it's obviously not going to be perfect for everybody but it is definitely going to be very suitable for the majority of people. It is focused on building uh, a basic level of strength and mobility in the shortest amount of time possible. So it's two workouts a week plus mobility work that the person would do before they start their jiu-jitsu class and after. They can obviously take that away from the class and do that in the morning or at a gym or whatever, but it's Mm -hmm. like, hey, you, we want you to go to the gym or make time to train for an hour once or twice a week and we want you to do a few stretches around jiu-jitsu time yep. and just keep following it. And every six weeks, you know, the, the, the variations change. Yep. It's very similar to what we teach here at Jungle Brothers. And as we know, right, the, and, and, and going back to our podcast last week with Clint, the getting strong and getting mobile, it's not actually that complex. It's not about, it's not about hyper-specificity for the sport. The, the, the specific stuff happens training the sport. In the gym, you want to be doing the basic stuff that provides you a base of more strength and more mobility so that you can be better at the specific stuff. Mm. So really we're talking about building hip mobility, shoulder, trunk mobility, building a good squat, building good push and pull patterns, all the stuff we do here. Oh, man. But just packaged up in a way that it's, you know, it's appealing to jiu-jitsu people. There's a couple of things that are specific, grip strength and that sort of thing that's very relevant to the sport. Um, and it's like minimal time investment. That sounds so good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I've been watching you work on that, and I'm so happy that it finally launched. And you got a few people interested already, yeah? Yeah, yeah, man. We had a, we've had quite a, f- a few signups already. Um, yeah, sick. You know, the the goal is to get more onto the program, and then you know, help spread the word. So I know it was somehow involved with BJJ Fanatics or something, or, or what's the deal with that relationship? Yeah, or explain so, to people what. There's a um, fanatics is. there's a, a really popular BJJ website called BJJ Fanatics, and that's a they essentially market uh, video or DVD tutorials mm. of, from all different jiu-jitsu athletes and coaches around the world. And if you're in the jiu-jitsu world, you know, the, yeah, the trends are changing all the time in terms of what moves are working. People are developing new systems around particular aspects of the game, or another system. 
that yeah. was popular. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, someone might be really delving into leg attacks and developing a system of a particular type of leg attack. Someone might be working on this series of different chokes or different, you know, strangulation techniques. Um, sounds a bit fucked up when I say it like that. But um, so as this stuff continues to evolve, these people become, these little hotspots evolve and you get these athletes that are, that are doing that system and then they become a little hotspot and a bit of a celebrity. And so cool. Fanatics, BJJ Fanatics gives them a platform to like go, hey, here's my series. I've put it onto a DVD. You can download it, pay some money and you can learn my series. Yeah. You can learn yep. what I do. Yeah. And so uh, they approached us. They approached JT because he's a good friend of Bernardo, who's the guy, ex-world champion, multiple time, who runs that company. And he's like, bro, I love what you're doing. And I think JT trained Bernardo back in Brazil. Is he the, the main guy that's on yeah. the... He's the head of it. There's, yeah. he, there's like uh, two other guys behind the scenes. What's his full name? Bernardo Faria. Faria. Yeah. I just love how he talks. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's so I just love it. You do the voice for us, Jack. I can't. It's just going to sound out of context, bro. Hey, okay. guys. <laughs> what question I get asked all the time, guys. He has to share with you. But he, um, he's a, uh, yeah, he's a fucking savage. He's a, he seems like a super positive guy. Yeah. Uh, watch a cool little doco on him the other day on his journey to becoming a world champ. It's called Bernardo Faria Unstoppable. Uh, just type in Bernardo Unstoppable on YouTube and you get it. It's, it's, like, a, it's on YouTube, the doctor? Yeah, it's just a little 20-minute thing on, on him. It's, cool. It's kind of nice. But, um, yeah, he knew JT and he was like, hey, would you put something together that we could sell through Fanatics? So then JT approached me and was like, bro, we've both been building this thing separately in our own little communities. Let's do it. Um, do you want to collab on it? And uh, was like, yeah, let's do it. And so we took that opportunity to make the DVD at the same time to launch an online program. So the online program has launched, and then in the coming months, the DVD will drop. I see. And it's the same. Yeah. And so what is on the online program now is volume one of the DVD, and as we continue to grow the online platform, yep. that will potentially be released by Fanatics as volume two and three I see, of the I see. DVD. Is there, um, with the online version or otherwise, is there further options for people? Like if they want support or additional coaching, like is there, is there that as well with the online thing where they can say contact in a, in a group or something? Yeah, we have a, like we have an online community on Facebook, yep. which is the Bulletproof for BJJ community. Yep. It's called, it's a group, it's owned to everyone. Yep. And all of our members go into that and JT and I communicate with them. And so, you know, we don't offer... There's no obligation. No, but it's like, hey, here's, could, a, here's a free resource where we can exchange info. Yeah. And uh, and it is open to people who aren't in the program. They can yep. come there and, and soak up whatever goodness there is. Yep. Um, that's all pretty early days, right? We've got a few members, there's not a lot of banter on there yet. Yeah. But it's cool. It's a way for us to stay in touch with people. That's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cool, man. It is. It is. I just knew what you said. But no, it is. I'm really excited about it. It's kind of hard to see through... At this point, through the, the the hustle, which is technical issues, got to build an email system, all that bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, wow, we've actually created things that's really cool. And if it becomes what we want it to become, that will be super cool. Yeah, man. Kind of like the gym, right? It can be hard to separate, to take a step back and look at what you've created and be really proud of it because you are so busy being there in the fucking trenches doing the thing. Yes. Yeah, definitely. But um, we do that at least once a year. Christmas party. We do. We do <laughs> another. We do a little. It's, the, it's our little director's Christmas party, isn't it? Because the, 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 when we do the tribe Christmas party, I just get fucking drunk. And I, <laughs> you know, what I, I, like, I just get like a. It's real busy trying to make sure everyone's coming. And yeah, yeah. The venue and then all that, and then before I know it, I'm hammered. 
And then I'm like, <laughs> I just want to go home and sleep. Get cheeseburger. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I now I remember. Yeah, that's true. We're gonna do it more often though. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The get-togethers are good, huh? Yeah, the little reflection. Little, oh, we, we do a little dinner soon, I think. Yeah. Cool, just I think out. the thing with our coaches. Yes, yeah, that's right. I've been with those guys for a while. Yep. Um, so tell us about your training at the moment. What are you doing? Man, I'm... Um, you're pretty I'm, You're pretty organized. Oh, uh, I, I, I put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I'm training jiu-jitsu on a normal week. Three times, I yep. attend a class two evenings a week, and then I drill privately with my coach uh, one morning a week. Yep. And then I... That's four, four times? No, three times, two classes and one drill. Okay. And then I do, my goal is three days of training here at Jungle Brothers, and that's uh, a day of upper body strength, a day of lower body strength, and then one day of like hand balancing and mobility. It's been a little bit fucked up lately with just things have gotten in the way. Mm. Um, and I feel like three sessions at the gym is really pretty minimal for me. Mm. But given what I have on, I'm like, that's five days of training. That's about the best I can manage at this point. Mm. Um, and it's hard because the more the more I train jiu-jitsu, the more I want to step that up, mm. the, the more it detracts from other things. Mm. So I feel that it's hard because other things in training or other things yeah. in general. No, it just takes away from other training time. Yes, and even just energy to train and stuff. Because the Tuesday Thursday session I do, my Adam and I shout out Adams from Alliance in Rose Bay where I train. He's an awesome coach. We go fucking hard on each other, and we we make a point because we're the. He's obviously he's a black belt there. I'm. Uh, I guess I'm the only black belt in the academy. And we have marked Tuesday and Thursday nights as the, the nights when we can train hard. Mm. So, and for him, like he's he's running a new business. He's had a, he's just had a baby a couple months ago. Like he's a super busy guy. Um, so that's his time to train as well. So it's important to both of us that we get to go, that we get to really fucking go at each other on the <clears> session. So we'll be yeah. like. A double round with each other, which will be like a 15 to 20 minute round, yeah. and then we'll do rounds with other guys, and then we'll do a third round together. Mm. And we try and kill each other, and it's mad, but mm. it's fucking exhausting. And then usually the next day, if I like roll up early and then get into the gym, I'm like, oh, let's do some squats. I'll be honest, I don't fucking feel like it. So, you know, there's very much like a, all right, I need to do this because it's the only time I got to do it, and I know yeah. I need it. Yeah. So, my goal at the moment is to try and do a bit more jiu-jitsu. I don't know where or when, um, but I know that that's going to continue to impact on my training outside of it. So some of those things like handstands and stuff, yeah. I've definitely taken a step back from a lot of that. Yeah. And there's, uh, I guess you could say I've got it on a bit of a maintenance mode. Yeah. I do them once a week. They're not getting any better. They're not getting any worse. That's that's all right, that's what, you're checking. that's what you're checking every time. Yeah, and yeah. I want to just maintain that. I've seen you like come out of your handstand, and you get that minute, and you're like, yeah, I still got that minute. Still got that, still got that one minute. Fuck you. It's crooked, but it's fine. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, because I noticed, um, I guess it was more than a year ago, I think, and you can confirm for me, you kind of turned around and was like, okay, this year, or whatever it was, I'm going for that black belt. Yeah. And that's what you're doing, right? Yeah. I want to, yeah, I want to get my black belt and I want to, and I want to like more, I guess more important than that, I want to get good at jiu-jitsu again. 
Yeah. I really hadn't put a lot of time into it in the, the years prior. Yeah. And, um, you know, for a couple of years, I was just not training it. I just stopped. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I want to get good at it, and I, I do want to get a black belt, and I, I want to compete again this year. Mad. Yeah, I'm going to compete a couple of times. Um, so I'm like, all right, well, I've got to fucking put time into it, right? Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to get my ass handed to me by some fucking 18 year old. Ooh. Nobody wants that. I'll be there to film it. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's similar um, in the way that you've got this, this sport that's driving your training at the moment. Similar yeah. to me. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and it's good, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's nice. And I don't think, you know, like a lot of things, it's not permanent. You know, I might, you know, I'll maybe put a little bit more focus back into handstands or some other shit, acrobatics and stuff down the track again. Yep. Take the, the foot off the jiu-jitsu thing a little bit, but I'm like, no, it's really good. I'm really enjoying the, I'm really enjoying the process at the moment. And, and like ads is a mad resource for me to have available to me. We train together a lot. He comes out here and trains with me as well. Um, so I feel quite fortunate for that. And I want to make the most of that opportunity. That's so good. Yeah, man. That's good to hear because often I just, we don't have these conversations. No. Because we're always working. No or No, there's no time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but similar, similar journey. Yeah, I'm figuring it all out. You mentioned a while back you wanted to have a fight or you were thinking about having a fight. That is the goal. That is, that is the goal. Yeah. Um, what sort of fight? I think MMA. Yeah. Yeah. So it was around the time the movement goals board went up. Yeah. Um, and then I was like figuring out, just, just took some time to go, okay, what are my goals yep. again? You know, because you just don't look after yourself when you're freaking looking after, you know, the tribe and your pizza. You don't often put that time aside. And um, anyway, I was trying to, and knowing that the striking was something I wanted to get into and I was trying to quantify that so I could make it a little bit more measurable and whatnot. Um, and it just came down to the fact that it has to be a fight. It's the only way that I could, I could, yeah, I could make that goal strong and kind of measurable. It's like you either fight or you don't fight. And anyway, so I thought that that's what I wanted to do. And then I seeked counsel from Tiora and then it led me to Dave um, Brooks Bank, our black belt coach here, head of the grappling program here at Jungle Brothers. Um, and he's had a bunch of MMA fights and he's in those circles and stuff and he counseled me around it. And I was like, this was what, three months ago or something like that or four months ago. And I was like, oh, in my head, I was thinking, just have a fight by Christmas. Christmas is the goal. Get me a fight. Get like I need to get a fight. I spoke to him, and it's not that easy. Right. Actually, he said it is easy to get a fight, um, but, but like to get the right fight is hard. Is harder. Right. Yeah, and there's kind of two options there. As um, in, you could end up being a punching bag for someone who's exactly on, on an up curve. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. That's been training a lot longer. Yeah. You'll they'll chuck you in. Yeah, they'll chuck you in for sure. But getting a fight that makes sense is 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 kind of more difficult. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that that Have would. Have you tried just calling out people on social media? I'm not impressed. Yeah, I've yeah. seen them all. I'm not impressed. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. No. Um, so yeah, and, and I also, it just made the most sense because I was like, you know, with jujitsu, it's, it's competing. You can compete, and that's a really good goal. Yeah, there's organized tournaments. Organized, yeah, heaps of them. And then, you know, with the – and, you know, you take on less damage and you can do a lot more of that. And 
with the striking a little different. And I thought, uh, I always thought I, I wanted to have a fight. Like I'd like to have a fight. And then it just made sense that, oh, that's just what I should do. Because I know I'll regret it if I don't, yeah. like later on. So I thought, fuck it, let's do it. And um, it also, it, it scares the shit out of me and excites me equally. Like really scares the shit out of me. But it also gets me so fucking pumped. Yeah. Just the thought of it. So I know that it's the right one. You know what I mean? You, just now, as you're talking, I started thinking about competing in jiu-jitsu. And yeah. It gets me all, same thing gets me all nervous and yeah. all excited. But so, it's like yeah. a mix of both and it kind of switches between, oh, this yeah. fucking scares me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. So. I know the feels. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Dave, can I explain the, the two routes that he explained to me? Yeah. Um, so for someone like me who is fitter than your regular corporate um, guy who's just wanting to have a fight maybe to get fit, um, it's hard to find a, a, a fight because he said there's kind of like two lanes you can go and one is that, that corporate sphere yeah. where you, you pay uh, one of these promotions to train you up and at the end of a certain period you have a fight that's organised with another office jockey who's somewhere around the same capability as you. Um, so they're organized events. Um, you get friends and family. Are they fundraisers, I think? Get friends and family to turn up. They pay so much for the ticket. They have dinner and they watch all these people go for it. And apparently it's really cool. I've known a few people who have done them. Blue collar boxing. Blue collar boxing. Winter Warrior. Hey, Winter Warrior, yeah. that's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with that, uh, it costs money. Or oh, white collar boxing. White collar boxing. boxing. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, you go pay money for it, which I don't want to do and yeah. don't have. And you, with that fee, it it means you go and train, and it gives you access to, to training four days a week at five forty five at some gym in the city. And yeah. I don't I don't want to do that either. Um, and then the fight might just not make sense because, let's face it, I'm going to eat them for breakfast. No, <laughs> no. So you flying me? So there's that, and then the other route is like. Well, what are you? Are you a fighter? Are you trying to are you trying to actually get fights and continue on with fights and make a career of yourself? Like I'm not in that lane either. And that is, you know, training in a fight gym, getting really fucking good, um, looking to cut a career out, trying to find a fight um, in the right promotion that makes sense for you. Yeah. And that's kind of I'm more in that lane than I am the first one. Right. So haven't quite figured out how it's gonna happen yet, but we do know that it's not gonna happen by Christmas. And Dave said, look, just start training. Um, I already have a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, yes. which only just. <laughs> but, um, he, you know, I think he was quite concerned at the beginning when we had our initial conversations because he didn't realize that I had some of the background in that, which is really hard for him. He was just like, I can't believe you didn't tell me that because, you know, to, to train someone for an MMA fight who has no background in anything is a big ask. And he was being polite, let's face it, for the last couple few, few for the first few converts. Yeah. Um, but he said, yeah, just, just start training. And I spoke to him about doing Muay Thai. So I'm just doing that and I'm just going to train and see what happens in six months. Um, the goal is to compete in a grappling comp as well before Christmas, whichever one that is. Um, and then just have a solid six months of training Muay Thai, try and add a session to that. And that was actually my goal at the beginning of the year was um, find a, a gym to train at, a, a fight gym to train striking and get a solid six months of consistent training 
um, instructing. So I'm on my way for that at the moment. So we'll reassess um, in the summer and see if I'm any closer to that day. Sick, man. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That's super nerve-wracking. It's very nerve-wracking. Yeah. But um, it's so far away, I don't have to think about it much. I just need to... Do the work for now. Yeah, and just avoid... I can tee straight right and Morgan's <laughs> right hook at the moment. <laughs> you good guys to spar with here, eh? For sure. The, the yeah. Thursday session is actually like pretty legit. Yeah. As, as I can tell. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean... Um, you know, I'm not super high level, but, um, yeah, I've just watched in the last six months, everyone's getting really good really quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just because of, uh, the type of environment that we have here, you know, not everyone's just trying to beat each other, you know, senseless Yeah. and not a lot of egos and you know, all that with jujitsu, it's the same thing. Like everyone's got a very good attitude about learning and, you know. Maybe you're not going to chat to them mid-round, but certainly the idea is that at the end, if I'm having a good day and I'm catching someone with something, um, like all day, I'm going to tell them that. You know, right. you can share the, share share that. the knowledge. Yeah, yeah, and just say where, where, you know, where I got that. So I think that's a very big difference in, in gyms, like jiu-jitsu gyms and fight gyms. Like you either have that culture where people are holding cards and, and, and it's really like it's very tense yeah. and super competitive to the point where not everyone's developing together as a team because you're on the same team, you're in the same house. Yeah. And it should be... And the better your training partners get, the better you get. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's because of that, everyone's gotten very good lately for sure. Yeah. And um, and then certainly in the last three months, people are like really stepping it up. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, on. and we've really got everyone. We've got a good squad and the energy's really good. And, and T's energy is really good as well. And every, everyone's is. So it's always like every week we, we have a good banter going on because, yeah, I noticed we're stunning each other. Bit, like it was going really well prior to, but I noticed a few people have been uh, uh, motivated from the JB game, seeing some of them oh, in the Oh, so much. Yeah. Oh, fuck, that's cool. I want to do and it. And Jits. Like and huge. Jits too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad for that. And I love turning around seeing the Jits class full Yes. Um, just, you know, just the numbers there and, you know, I guess it's the first kind of, yeah, it's just hitting another gear of, of interest. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, and I think people seeing their counterparts like sparring or rolling, they're like, oh, wow, like, yeah. I, I guess I can do that. Yeah. It's, I was, not, yeah. it's not so abstract. That's right. I was deadlifting or doing something that that person was doing just a week ago. All of the same body. T- yeah. Yeah. Makes it more accessible for people in their imaginations for sure yeah yeah um uh i i love it i I love that that's happening here because it's obviously where i'm training so it's better for me but it's just it's just nice to see as as the gym owner and just as part of the community here man tell me about um let's switch it to nutrition uh just you do you do anything around like are you you know do you eat a particular way? We've touched mm. on this in other episodes. Are you yeah. doing anything at the moment? No, no, I'm not, not specifically. Um, just eat? I just eat, yeah. Uh, I just eat mm, kind of, I think I'm of an age now where things have shifted and I've settled into a certain mode of like when I, when I think about what foods work for me and what quantities work for me, not that I'm measuring and stuff, um, but I, I know that when I'm not eating enough, um, how do you know? How do I know? Mm. 
how do I know when I'm not eating enough? Yeah. Um, well, I kind of, I, I don't feel as, I don't feel as strong or as, as, as awake or as motivated. And I know like in terms of being measurable, I'm not measurable, but it's just experience and intuition. The only measurement I, I usually have is, is the scale, which just happens to be in my bathroom. So I step on it every, every now and then. Yeah. Um, but it's just intuition. Um, so, um, I, I'm at a point now where I, I know that I have to be well fed. It's usually not eating enough and whether that's, it, it's kind of a, um, just my situation with family, food, work, uh, family, work, the times that I'm in and out of the house is where I will, I'll drop off and not eat. Not that it forces me to, not that I, I, <laughs> I'm ever short of hunger or that feeling of wanting to eat, yeah. But you know, you just you just the run out of time. The sensation, <laughs> yeah. But it's just like a time thing, you know. Um, so with the actual content of my food, I'm I don't I'm not the primary cooker. I, I hardly cook at home at the moment. Yeah. Um, if I do cook at home, it's usually on the weekends, and it's the it's breakfast, lunch, um, and then during the week, I'm here most of the time, and and Tasha's doing an amazing job, and Katie too at home. They're, they're, we're cooking together on a Sunday night uh, and she's prepping food or we're cooking during the week. So I'm, it's all leftovers and stuff. But so, a long time back, we aligned our, aligned our, our uh, how we see food and, and what type of foods we like to eat. Um, it wasn't so aligned way back in the day, but as we became a family um, and we started to take care of different parts of running the family, there was more need for alignment. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. So if because you're operating as a team, you're operating, yeah, that's right. So I, I, if she takes that job on, um, then you know I, I eat so much more quantity wise, and I, I require different you know sources of food, protein, etc. Than she does because she, she, she could she could eat salads, you know, and and not so much meat, and you know barely any carbs and stuff, and and that works for her. Yeah. Whereas I'm I. I just crave it and I need it and obviously I'm like super active. Yeah. Yeah, so um you're a bigger human. I'm a, I'm a bigger human. And um yeah, yeah, I'm really I'm really grateful that we did that and that we have this relationship going on and you know, every time I come to work and I have have food here, I'm I'm, I'm always very grateful that my wife is amazing. Yes. Nothing speaks to me speaks to my heart more than when Miss is like, oh, uh, here, I prepared your lunches. Oh, my God. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I almost can't accept them. I'm beside myself. <laughs> With, yeah, I'm like, oh, my God. I start to well up. Yeah. <laughs> it's true, though, man. Like, yeah, the, I mean, food's a hard thing for people at the best of times. So if you're not on a well-operating, like on a smooth-operating team with your partner, you're fucking making it a harder battle or fight. Whereas if you guys are both on the same page about, yeah. all right, well, how are we doing this? Who's cooking what? When do we make our time to cook? You know, what do you like to eat? What do I like to eat? What, what fits in with that? Um, and we do that consistently on a weekly basis. Yeah. If you're not doing that, it fucking makes things harder for sure. Mm. But yep. you are putting your best foot forward if you guys can align. Yeah. So, yeah, Tash does most of that and we – she will check in with me on with the shopping list. You know, yeah. we'll we'll do the shopping list together. It's like, what meals do we want? What do you want to take to, to What do you want to take to work, etc. And it and it works from there. 
and one of us will go do the shop and the other one's hanging out with kids and then all comes home and gets, yeah, just works out that way. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. we do kind of a, yeah, well, we do most of our cooking on a Sunday. I try to get, me sort to get groceries, some stuff delivered, like from um, ethical farmers, from those legends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, yeah. You, if anyone out there is looking for really good, high quality uh, meat and eggs, ethical farmers uh, are super good. They actually hooked us up with a bunch of eggs and beef patties, grass fed stuff. Um, Where are they? Our, well, they're online, so their farms are you know somewhere in New South Wales, uh-huh. but they're just an online business. And so you order online, and they send it to you. And, and their their produce is fucking like spectacular. Okay. Um, uh, so we'll get an order from them maybe once every few weeks. Mm. And if, so if there's something there to cook, I'll I'll take like a protein sauce. It might be like a lamb shoulder or a whole chicken or you know whatever. I don't know, fucking pork belly or something, and prepare that. We usually make two dishes on a Sunday. Um, if if we have the, the the time and space, one will go in the slow cooker and the other one will cook stovetop, or maybe in my pressure cooker, or maybe it's just an oven roast or whatever it is. But the goal is to have two protein sources prepared for the week ahead, mm. um, and then we'll make sure that there's a bunch of, of fresh veg ready to go that's cleaned and washed chopped up, it's, it's dried, it's in a box, it's in the fridge yeah. that we can then cook with. We made a decision last week to make one of those two protein sources a vegetable sauce for the next That's while. That's right. Mm. So, yeah, so last week I cooked a big batch of beans, which I've been eating for lunch, and, uh, and then we've been having I cooked some, a, a nice chicken dish that we've been eating in the evenings. But, yeah, if we can have two things cooked, so it's kind of like a lunch and a dinner option, that gets us through at least four days of the week, sometimes five, and then it's like, cool, we have a little bit of room to move that, on the weekends. That's how we do. Yeah. Yeah. We're about a four-dayer as well. Man, I, I like, if I go into the week with that, I feel really well equipped. If I go into the week without that, I just end up making really just subpar food choices, you know? You go, yeah. You're up to the cafe for lunch or something, and you're eating something, you're like, why am I fucking spending $30 on lunch when I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I had yeah. just got my ass into gear on the weekend. Yeah. Happens though, if you go away for a weekend or something, it's easy to miss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've been doing that. Uh, I've been trying to, I had a couple of weeks where I wasn't that prepared and I didn't have food at the gym. So normally here, like I'll bring in lunch, but then I'll have here at the gym, I'll have like yogurt, fruit and granola and stuff. And I'll eat that um, usually as an afternoon snack. I'll also have like protein and um, I use like a carbohydrate supplement post-training. So like a dextrose or a maltodextrin. I've run out of maltose, uh, maltodextrin and dextrose. So like that's like a sugar supplement. So? So I've just kind of not been having my post-workout oh. shake. Yeah. And, and what happens is it's really kind of easy to happen. But if I don't have a thing of yogurt, I don't have a couple of bananas hanging around. Then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, fuck, I had breakfast early morning. Then I had lunch at lunchtime and then I trained somewhere in the mid-morning and I worked for a few hours throughout the day and then now I'm coaching four hours this evening and I'm not going to be home till 9 p.m. Yeah. It's three meals and I am and I know from having done the numbers and tracked my nutrition that I'm actually way under my calorie requirements. Like I'm not even maintaining uh, energetically what my, yeah, what yeah, my body yeah, needs. Yeah. So it's funny, like just that little fuck up. And you run that for a few weeks and, you, and I'm under eating for a few weeks. 
Um, so I've made an effort to, you know, this week I've got stuff in here. I've been squeezing in big bowl of yogurt, fruit, granola in the afternoons. Mm. Uh, I got to order some more, some more supplements for my post-workout stuff. But I'm also like getting in extra calories where I can. So I might drink some fruit juice in the morning. I might have a bowl of breakfast cereal after dinner. Little things like that, and they, for where I'm at and what my goals are, I actually need to, I need to squeeze in those extra, um, usually carbohydrates where possible, sourdough bread, that kind of thing. It all helps. But yeah, it's interesting, right? Like chatting with a member this morning who did a nutrition program with me earlier this year, and she's like, man, like her body has changed. She, like the weight is, she's just been getting slimmer and more muscular. Like you could say tone, but losing body fat consistently for months now. And um, she's like, mm. I'm still stuffing my face with food. <clears throat> for the first few weeks, I was comatose because I was eating so much. And she's like, now it's fine. I enjoy eating like that. But she's like, I couldn't believe it. You know, having to eat that much was actually the goal to me losing weight. And that's like, it's crazy, right? Wow. Yeah, that, that idea of just, if you're not giving yourself enough, then your body's going to go a bit crazy and fucking start to pack on a bit of weight potentially. Yeah. So you got to make sure you're getting enough in there. So yeah, that's the best. That's, that's been the focus for me. Eat enough. Eat enough. Yeah, man. That's cool. I've also switched to black coffee <clears> for the <throat> part. Why is that? I found, I used to drink, uh, I, I have drunk black coffee a lot in the past, but I'd switched back to milky coffees and I drink strong lattes, mm. which is a double shot latte. Mm. And I could drink one of those in like 10 seconds because they're so creamy and delicious. And it wouldn't be hard for me to drink two or three of those in a day. Like I'll have two coffees every day. And so let's say I had two doubles, that's four shots of coffee. And then maybe on a, you know, let's say every, every third day I have a third coffee. Yeah. And that might be a double. And so that's six shots of coffee that day. And I'm like, it's getting, I'm getting way too relaxed with just consuming fuckloads of caffeine here. Yeah. And whatever else is in this. So when I cut back to black, it takes away the, ease of drinking the coffee because black coffee is intense and hot and you got to actually want it and it's only a single shot the way I have it so now I have two coffees it's two singles if I have three it's three singles I generally have two so it's cut down from like six shots to two or three and I'm just like cool that's better it, my mental clarity feels better my energy levels feel better. I don't hit a crash in the afternoon. Mm. I have less dependency on it, and mm. I'm just doing it when I really want it. Yeah, cool. You know? Yeah, that third one's dangerous. It's fucked. It's usually a really bad idea. <clears throat> yeah. No, I've drifted into the third coffee a day world. Some people drink heaps of coffee. Like, that's just a joke to them. Yeah. Man. Like, some people are just on it all day. Yeah, um, I know people that'll do, like, seven <clears throat> to ten. <clears throat> oh, yeah, God. fucked. Like, but they'll do it, and they'll, like, operate. Yeah, but yeah, I can't imagine anyone would be feeling that great getting through that much. It's just if you had enough shit going on that you were kind of distracted from how you felt. Yeah, that's that right. It might be feasible. Last time I drank too much coffee was this time last week on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, dude, that fucking setup we got going is wild. It's too good. The Mocha Master. It's not running today because we ran out of filter papers. But uh, so Paulie and I just had one coffee each. But normally we've got a pot going, and it's. It wasn't too bad last week. The week before was the bad one because there was no cream. Yeah, the, the cream does it. Yeah, it trimmed it back. But I find I drink it faster with the cream in it. Mm. You know, so it, there's a trade-off there. Mm. Man, we should wrap it up there. Uh, we've just gone over an hour. Oh, we've done like an hour and 15. Yeah. Um, 
Good chat, bro. Nice to catch up. That actually flew. That was quick, huh? That was really fast. Yeah. It is. It's like an hour ten. I hope people took some away from listening to uh, what Paul and I do with our training and shit. Um, come at me. Yeah, come at us, guys. If you like our podcast and you think it has a bit of value and you know someone that would like to listen to it, or you please. Want, or you want to spar. Or you want to spar. Please share it with them. Um, if you want to train, contact us, jumpthebrothers.com. Yep. Uh, if, you want, if you're a fighter and you want help with your strength and mobility, contact us, jumpthebrothers.com. Or if you're a jiu-jitsu person, you can get at bulletproof for bjj.com. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, this is a seven-day free trial, so no obligation. Give it a try. Um, but yeah, a bunch of good stuff going on, so uh, thanks for listening, and uh, see you guys next week. See you next week, people. You.